This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Ready? Okay. Give me a beach. Beach! Give me great food. Tacos! Give me adventure. Hiking! Give me a date night. Sunset cruise! Give me some smiles. Cheese! Give me more beaches. Beaches! What's that spell? San Diego! If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your trip at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together, we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Hello and welcome to Saver Production of iHeartRadio. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And today we have a classic for you about the whiskey sour. Mm, and now I want one so badly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I very rarely order, like, just a sat. Like, I love a margarita. I -hmm. love a daiquiri. I never really order just, like, a sour. I don't either, but every time I do, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm. It's a good choice. Why don't I do this? Right. (laughs) They're so refreshing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, right? Like, in summer, what a a good time for them. Yes, and I always fondly remember, which we talk about in this episode, the time we we went to 1821 Bitters in the yeah. building, and we had a take on the whiskey sour that I had not experienced before, and it was so lovely and spicy. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, 1821 mm-hmm. uh, here here in Atlanta, not a sponsor, just lovely humans. Um, uh, yeah, yes. they, they make really, really good bitters and like cocktail mixes, stuff like that. Support them if you can. Um, mm-hmm. uh, also, a really good tonic water. That's yes. that's available now, and a ginger beer, I think. Um, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but right that that was goodness. This uh, <laughs> this episode is from October of 2017. Um, wow, <laughs> which is wild to think that it was that long ago. It feels it feels like only yesterday, <laughs> and yet ages ago. Also, and yet at the same very time. <laughs> very long ago. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. 
I guess let's let past Annie and Lauren bring back some of those memories that were both from ages ago and only yesterday somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Let's let them take it away. Hello and welcome to Food Stuff. I'm Annie Reese. And I'm Lauren Vogelbaum. And it's time for another edition of Cocktail Hour. Yes. But this one probably won't be an hour. Oh no, this is going to be less than an hour because we're talking about the whiskey sour, which is so simple. And lovely. And love. Oh, oh, absolutely lovely. Yes. Um, disclaimer, right at the top. Drink responsibly, kids, and according to the laws of wherever you exist. Yes. Done. Okay, so what is a whiskey sour? That kind of depends on who you ask. But base level, you need a spirit, citrus, and some sugar. The spirit's probably whiskey in this case. Yeah, but but that, that, is, that is across all sours. That's what you need. Uh, right. Sours are a classic family of mixed drinks, in fact. They, they include things like the margarita and the daiquiri. Yes. Um, and in the whiskey sours case, generally you're going to have whiskey, lemon, and sugar, typically with ice, or perhaps one big ice cube if you're at a fancy, Ooh, fancy place. favorite. Yeah. yeah, I love those. Oh, they, they melt so much slower. It's nice. It just... Exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. It doesn't and overwater your drink. They also look cool. Yeah. But as with pretty much any cocktail, there are about as many variations as there are bartenders. You can add egg whites, and that's how we enjoyed it when we visited... 1821 bitters for our tonic episode. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, you can check that out on YouTube. You can. Um, and bartenders argue about whether this is the real way or if this is actually a Boston sour. Slightly different cocktail. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can use a pre-bottled mix or a sour mix. It's often garnished with a slice of orange and or cherry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but okay, so, so the basic recipe for a sour of any kind is uh, two parts base liquor, one part sour stuff, and one part sweet stuff. So the super basic whiskey sour recipe is to take an ounce of uh, fresh squeezed lemon juice, an ounce of simple syrup, which is equal parts water and sugar that have been melted together and then cooled, and then two ounces of your whiskey of choice. You combine them in a shaker with some ice, you shake them, and then you strain them over uh, fresh ice into a short glass. But... There really are endless variations. You, you can add bitters or sweet vermouth or grapefruit juice or soda water or crushed basil or that egg white or whatever you want. Though certainly some cocktail taxonomists, which is a category of cocktail humans that certainly exists, um, will argue with you about whether it's still a sour once you've done too many things or certain things. We like to fight over these kinds of things as humans. We do. It's great. Yes. But what type of whiskey should I use? Oh, this is another thing that people like to fight over. It's true. It's a matter of preference. If you want something more traditional, a lot of recipes recommend an 80-proof bourbon or 100-proof if you want some more bang for your buck. (sighs) Yeah. If you want something more spicy, go with a rye whiskey. That's what I prefer for my whiskey sours. If you want something more smoky, go with scotch. It's, It's all preference. There's so many experiments for you to do out there. Yeah. Yeah. And Really, it's just research. Yes, exactly. Drink responsibly. Responsible research. Um, <laughs> and to egg white or not to egg white. Oh, why that, why that, would you add the egg white? Uh, well, um, it's all about the texture. Yeah. It gives it a nice, velvety, smooth quality. 
And bonus, you get a real arm workout making it, for real. Uh, yeah, the the uh, the texture of if you if you guys have never had a cocktail with an egg white in it, it sort of foam it, it sort of forms this like foam, almost like like a latte foam, mm-hmm. and uh, it's really lovely. It does not taste eggy. Um, originally, the the added protein made it popular with folks that were ordering it uh, early in the morning as like a hangover cure. We really have been trying to cure hangovers with more alcohol for a long time. For essentially, we? oh yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a nice idea. I suppose. <laughs> You'll try just about anything, I guess, if the hangover is bad enough. Yeah, you can you can see our, uh, or listen to, rather, our Bloody Mary episode for more on that one. Um, if, if you're thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're adding a raw egg white to what? a cocktail? That's right. But what about salmonella? Oh my gosh, what about it? Oh, okay. I, well, all right. So, so, uh... You shouldn't be too worried about it. Uh, back in the 1990s, when we did not have as great regulations about prevention of salmonella, the CDC estimated that only one in 20,000 eggs was internally contaminated with salmonella. And as to the the external uh, presence of possible bacteria, the shells are very well cleaned here in the United States. Um, and by any egg producer that you find, no one wants you to get sick. No. Um, Hope not. But, I, there's that one evil egg producer out there. Uh, They're coming for you, Annie. <laughs> what did I do? Oh, I don't know. It's an ancient curse. Um, at any rate, uh, as of as of 2010, a study done in Pennsylvania, uh, where they were having a bunch of, or where they had been having a bunch of salmonella problems, this study showed that even in salmonella contaminated flocks, the rate of contamination in eggs was just. 0.012. That's pretty low. Yeah. That's like really low. That's incredibly low. It's like 1.2%. Mm-hmm. It's not really a whole lot to worry about. Of course, if you're immunocompromised and therefore at greater risk of serious illness due to a salmonella infection, use your best judgment. Yes. And I also read from a lot of bartenders, one, you're more likely to choke on the peanut, the complimentary peanuts. But two, if it freaks you out, and you're going to be worried about it, don't do it. Because yeah. you won't enjoy the drink then. Right. You're just going to be like... Hmm. You're going to be upset about yeah. contracting chicken, Yeah, as so. I used to say in college. Contracting chicken. I like that. Don't touch it. You'll get chicken. Oh, gosh. I know. Sounds terrifying. My roommate and I were very high strung. Shout out, Juliana. You're great. But so if you are going to egg white, uh, there are a couple ways to do it. Uh, there's the so-called dry shake in which you shake uh, the egg white with everything except the ice, all of the other cocktail ingredients except the ice, um, and then add ice to just chill and slightly dilute the mixture. Or you can simply shake everything, including the ice and the egg white, together all at once, although some bartenders say that this dilutes drinks too much. Yes. And of course that's the way I do it because I'm lazy. (laughs) Why shake it twice when you can shake it once? I know. Either way, though, as you said, Annie, this is a serious workout because you're going to be shaking this for like one to five minutes in order to take the egg white from the kind of slimy thing that it starts out as into this lovely foam. And and what's going on when you when you create that foam is is you you want to get the ovalbumin proteins that are in the white of the egg to, to go from these um, kind of tightly wound slippery chains 
into these unraveled sort of sticky chains. And once they do that, that lets them link up, uh, trapping air bubbles in the process and thus creating this sort of light foam structure, like a meringue that you're looking for. Secret, you can also use a blender. What? Like including an immersion blender, you can just put an immersion blender into your shaker. I've been doing it by hand like a dummy this whole time. Huh. I love egg white drinks, but the the work involved does, like, turn me away, which is probably a good thing, so I'm uh, not drinking them all see, the time. See, that's the thing. I always feel like if I have to work for it, then, then I deserve it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It, it, I, so I guess it's a good thing. I don't really have a good blender, so I think I'll be okay. Oh, perfect. Good, Yay. good. <laughs> Annie is saved at last. <laughs> anyway, uh, despite how simple the whiskey sour is, or perhaps because of it, they are consistently one of the most popular drinks in the world. Um, as of 2016, according to a Drinks International survey of 100 bars around the world, the whiskey sour was the sixth most popular drink on the, on the planet. Wow. Good on you, whiskey sour. Mm-hmm. So how did we get here? That's a great question. Isn't it? Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Well, let's, let's find out. But first, let's take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. 
Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. Yes, thank you. So now, we're going to tell you everything there is to know about whiskey. Every single no, we're not. No, not we're at not, all. Not oh, at that's all. a whole separate episode, y'all. Yes. Um, but very briefly, okay, history of whiskey. Here we go. Well, it, okay, so, so the exact moment that whiskey was first created is lost to history. Oh, curse you, history. Um, but some of the first distillers were almost certainly monks or other religious folks who were already working with wine or beer, um, either as a craft to keep themselves busy, uh, to provide funds for their church, or as a ritual material. The first known records of alcohol distillation are from a Franciscan monk in the 1200s, one Ramon Lull? Yull? Yull? There's a lot of L's in there. There's so many L's. I didn't look it up. L-L-U-L-L. Come to your conclusions. He counted among his academic pursuits a bit of light alchemy, by which we really mean chemistry, but that word hadn't quite been invented yet. Um, but he worked out a technique to loosen alcohol from wine. And monks in various places started making these higher-proof liquors from whatever they had around, uh, brandy from winemaking or whiskey from beer brewing. And monks called distilled spirits water of life. Uh, they saw it as a medicinal healing-type brew. And this was translated to the uh, Gaelic Vishka Verit by Celtic monks in Ireland and Scotland, which is where we get the word whiskey. And this was very much an art that was practiced only in apothecaries and monasteries until Henry VIII's Reformation hit the monasteries in the 1500s or so and the monks disbanded. Then the knowledge of whiskey making kind of filtered out into the general public and eventually to America. In America, Kentucky would become a seat of whiskey due to its excellent water and crop resources, plus a whole bunch of very complicated but still exciting stuff having to do with, like, Catholicism versus Protestantism and also taxes. Exciting taxes. Um, it, it further helped that Kentucky had a good river access to New Orleans, which was an international—I mean, is an international port and an eventual center of cocktail culture. Yeah. So that's the so short version that very much abridged. Yes. We, we'll do a whole probably like two episodes on whiskey sometime in the future. Yes. But in this episode, yes. we're talking about the whiskey sour. So let's get back to that. Yeah. Um, a written recipe for the whiskey sour first appeared in Jerry Thomas's 1862 book, How to Mix Drinks, which we've mentioned before. But the drink probably almost certainly existed long before this. Mm -hmm. That's because during the 1700s, British officers were typically typically given a ration of citrus, sugar, and liquor, hmm. usually gin or rum. As a sailor, what you were worried about was scurvy, malnutrition, and seasickness, among so many millions of other things. But those but, three— But those three counted. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's why you were getting the rations of sugar and citrus and right. alcohol. The British Royal Navy had come to the conclusion that lemon or lime was useful in scurvy prevention thanks to Scotsman James Lind, who studied scurvy and made the citrus recommendation. His findings were not immediately accepted. The Navy's hmm. Sick and Hurt Board dismissed a proposal that would have provided sailors with fruit juice in 1753, a year after Lind's paper on scurvy published, in part because of storage concerns ah. and the near impossibility of keeping fresh fruit 
on long sea journeys. Knowing this, Lynn suggested a concentrate of fruit juice made by evaporating it in um, almost boiling water for several hours, which, unbeknownst to him at the time, would have destroyed the ascorbic acid in the fruit that's so useful in scurvy prevention. Oh, oops. Mm. Um, So this, too, was rejected, and it took over 40 years before authorities that had any sort of regulatory power started taking his study more seriously. But his study, which I read through, had flaws for sure. Um, (laughs) One story goes that in 1793, a fleet of ships stocked with alcohol-preserved lemon juice made a 19-week journey free of scurvy. Oh. And that's when they started to be like, huh, huh, wait a minute. Alcohol-preserved. Yes. Huh. Interesting. It preserves us as well. It does. Experienced sailors didn't need lens work to know that citrus helped with scurvy. A lot of captains, including James Cook, recommended or even required their sailors to have some citrus. Not too many sailors were raising their hands eagerly to eat straight lemon, however, so they put it in their grog. Grog was beer or liquor, usually rum at this time, diluted with water to keep the sailors from getting wasted, by the way. Um, And this is one of our earliest examples of a sour. Supposedly, the first person to serve grog in the English Navy was one Vice Admiral Edward Vernon, nicknamed Old Grog due to this uh, stiff, like, gum-waterproofed coat that he was sort of famous for wearing. Um, The material was called grogram, and that would have been in the mid-1700s. Grog. Grogram. (laughs) What a a nickname, Old Grog. Old Grog. (laughs) Sailors dug this drink enough that they brought it ashore with them, and it wasn't long before someone got the idea to replace the rum with whiskey. Probably in the U.S., but you never know. Some point to ship steward Elliot Stubb in 1872 as the inventor of the whiskey sour after he whipped one up in what is now Chile. However, the Waukesha Plain Dealer, I've had, oh, I've been made fun of for mispronouncing that so much. Waukesha Plain Dealer published a story two years earlier in 1870 that included a mention of the whiskey sour. This um, was an American no- newspaper. Right. It's in Wisconsin. Um, on top of that, Jerry Thomas's published recipe that we mentioned at the top of the segment came out 10 years earlier under the name Whiskey Crusta, which doesn't hmm. sound as appetizing. He recommended, Jerry Thomas recommended, enjoying it from a wine glass with shaved ice. It also called for soda water, which people probably gave up on because it lost its fizziness after being shaken and no egg whites. But he did call for egg whites in other cocktails, like bourbon flips, however. And this is when I went on kind of a egg rabbit hole. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So... I've discovered that in the 1800s, apparently bars had, instead of complimentary peanuts, they had complimentary boiled eggs. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh. I've still seen this in some southern bars. Have you never seen this before? I have never seen this. You grew up in the south. Okay, yeah, like, like pickled eggs in jars by the bar. I've never seen this, and I want to see it, and I want to research it, and I want to know everything. Future episode. Also, when I was looking into when egg whites started to be a cocktail ingredient, I stumbled, I stumbled on this interesting theory. Way back when, and still now, I guess, um, milk and eggs were forbidden during um, the Lenten fast. Ah. Since there's no way to communicate to chickens to cool it on that egg laying during Lent, and since eggs were cheap, popular, and had a pretty decent shelf life pre-refrigeration, a lot of eggs would be hard-boiled at the beginning of Lent, and once it ended and Easter rolled around, 
People would feast on brightly dyed boiled eggs. Oh, that's where that comes from? Huh. I had no idea. Well, it makes such so much sense. It does. I never thought about being like chickens. Made more, much more sense than than rabbits laying eggs. Which I never believed, even as a kid. Yeah. My parents told me that. I was like, you're lying. <laughs> I don't buy that for a second. <laughs> Young Annie was dubious. No, I believed in the tooth fairy, but not the Easter Bunny. Ah. It was not <laughs> uncommon at the time to mix eggs into drinks, particularly in this thing called a posset. Oh, uh, which is related to butterbeer. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a posset was eggs, milk, and alcohol and other spices that less well-off people made as medicine or to help warm you up at night. But eventually, the rich folk adopted the practice too, but with higher quality alcohol and spices, of course. Huh. Yeah. Egg episode forthcoming. Oh, I don't know. I know. I, I, I was like, Andy, stop it. <laughs> God, does it get, get away from eggs and back to whiskey sour. Speaking of, prohibition meant that in the U.S. there was a lot of really bad base alcohol. And sours, despite their origins, are not the best at hiding not-so-great flavors. Yeah, when when you only have three ingredients that you're working with, then it's hard to mask the taste of bad whiskey. It's true, especially since that's the primary ingredient. Yeah. Not too long after Prohibition ended, World War II broke out, and distilleries switched to producing industrial alcohol for the most part. Only after the war had ended did sours start to come back into vogue. And fun story in here, somewhere around 1925, early into the friendship of literary superstar F. Scott Fitzgerald and then-aspiring author Ernest Hemingway, the two were hanging out when Fitzgerald grew quite agitated after having perhaps too much wine. (laughs) I've heard that's a thing that happened occasionally. Uh, Yeah, I've heard that as well. He complained of congestion of the lungs and fretted aloud, and I imagine quite dramatically, what would happen to his wife and daughter after his impending untimely death. Oh. Yeah. Hemingway had the cure to Fitzgerald's ales, though. A whiskey sour. Or a lemonade and whiskey, as he called them. Here's a quote. If you want to do the best thing to keep from catching a cold, just stay in bed and I'll order us each a lemonade and a whiskey. <laughs> At the time, this frustrated Hemingway, this behavior from Fitzgerald, who wrote about the instance in 1964's A Movable Feast, explaining, You could not be angry with Scott any more than you could be angry with someone who was crazy. (laughs) It was hard to accept him as a drunkard since he was affected by such small quantities of alcohol. Oh, snap. Like double snap. What shade. Okay. The Whiskey Sour also plays a role in 1964's The Crying of Lot 49, written by Thomas Pinchon. In between all her Tupperware parties and dinner-making bored housewife, Oedipa Moss mixes, quote, Twilight's Whiskey Sours against the arrival of her husband. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The drink further makes the cut in the Guardian's Jim Crace's Digested Reads, which are these super short satirical takes on all kinds of books. The fact that it made it into this shows that the whiskey sour is sort of symbolic of her domestic ennui. Ah. Yeah. The whiskey sour didn't deviate much from Jerry Thomas's recipe until the advent of sour mixes after World War II. And this was not great for the sour. Not great. No. But it's so easy. You just open a bottle and you pour it in. It's true. Uh, It wasn't great in general for cocktails at all because... Bartenders were taking a good alcohol and then mixing it with this syrupy, sugary, processed stuff. More on that in a moment. Yes. Um, 
it's like straight up overly sweet pre-made lemonade because this required no prep time, no know-how. Um, it was cheap, and the mixes lasted forever. But at what cost, I'd say? At what cost? At what cost? The balance wasn't there, the taste wasn't there, and people avoided them. Sours in general, yeah. Yeah. And this went on until about the 1990s when mixologists started experimenting with fresh juices again. What? And now the whiskey sour is being rediscovered in bars and palettes all over the place. Also, when researching this, I found an instant whiskey sour mix on Amazon. Was, is the whiskey instant? I don't think so. I can't imagine that it is. I I was so turned off, I clicked away immediately. Oh. Perhaps I'll... I'll go back and I investigate. See I understand. Okay. Well, while we all contemplate the possible meanings of that, let's take another quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid Mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design favorite West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is the culmination of these two companies' shared values. Premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices. Made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, and environmentally safe foams, the Natural Hybrid elevates your sleep sanctuary. Indulge your senses and supports a greener tomorrow. Plus, when you purchase the natural hybrid, you're also helping fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Since 2015, Lisa has donated more than 40,000 mattresses to ensure children and families have a safe place to sleep. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart. And we're back. Thank you, sponsor. We've also cleared our throats. Everything is beautiful. A word, a word, though, about sour mixes. A word or several words? More than two. Okay. Okay. 
Um, if, if at all possible, um, I would I would personally advise to avoid pre-bottled shelf-stable sour mixes. The the thing is is that the, these things are are flavored using citric acid, like straight up chemical citric acid, um, instead of actual citrus juice, so that they won't go bad. But that does mean that they have to compensate for the flavor with a whole lot of sugar. And that means that most pre-made sour mixes tend to be mostly high-fructose corn syrup. Not that there's anything necessarily nutritionally wronger with that than with any other sugar. See our sugar episode for more details. But these sour mixes tend to just include so much, like an unnecessary amount of sugar. Um, So, you know... If a bar lists sour mix as a component in a cocktail, I might order something else, unless it specifies that it's homemade sour mix. And if you are mixing at home, your own home, not a restaurant's home because they'll probably ask you to leave the kitchen, it it is so easy to make your own sour mix to have on hand for a quick cocktail. You just, you make yourself some simple syrup, uh, which means you bring equal parts sugar and water to a simmer until the sugar dissolves, then store it in the fridge. While that's cooling, you juice a few lemons and a few fewer limes. Um, Then when the syrup is cool, you mix together two parts simple syrup, two parts lemon juice, and one part lime juice. You bottle it. You store it in the fridge for a couple weeks. It's delicious and fresh. It contains actual vitamins. Wow. What? Crazy. And it does make a really huge difference in cocktail balance. But, of course... Not to get too far into food snobbery here, you know, if citrus is prohibitively expensive in your area or if for whatever reason you don't have the time or the the grip strength to squeeze a whole bunch of lemons so you're using store-bought lemonade or, like, crystal light or whatever, um, or if, if a friend, like, helpfully brought over a bottled mix, never feel bad about making do with what you've got, y'all. Uh-huh. Um, my, my personal drink hack advice for the episode is to spring for at least one fresh lemon or lime if you're going to be mixing things, because just a single wedge squeezed into each glass makes such a world of difference. Yeah. To hopefully help balance out that sugar. Just just a little. Just, just a little. A little. Yeah. Help you out. Also, pouring soda water on top of anything helps. Yes. <laughs> that is a drink hack I use as well. Yay! And that brings us to the end of this classic episode. We hope that it brought you as much joy as it brought us. Um, And we've been getting a lot of recipes from you listeners lately for some summertime beverages of all kinds. So if you've got a take on the whiskey sour, good for the summer, we would love the recipe. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, heck. I have some, like, frozen passion fruit. Ooh, yes. Okay. All right. I'll report back. Yes. (laughs) Yes, I think we should have a, a a brief rundown, check-in of our whiskey sour experiences after. Yeah, absolutely. After but yes, uh, if you would like to get in touch with us, we would love to hear from you. Yes, we would. You can email us. Our email is hello at saverpod.com. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at saverpod. And we do hope to hear from you. Saver is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Dylan Fagan and Andrew Howard. Thanks to you for listening. And we hope that lots more good things are coming your way. This episode is brought to you by Pronamel. Not all our favorite foods and drinks are BFFs with our teeth. 
Salad dressing, seltzers, and fruits can be enamel enemies. So if you eat or drink those things regularly, your enamel could be at risk. And once it's gone, it's gone. Pronamel Intensive Enamel Repair penetrates deep into the enamel surface, locking in vital minerals to repair acid-weakened enamel. And with new Pronamel Repair mouthwash, you can enhance that repair beyond just brushing. Pronamel is the number one dentist-recommended brand for acid erosion, so buy Pronamel Repair anywhere you buy toothpaste or mouthwash. Visit Pronamel.com. Life in our modern age comes at you pretty fast, which makes our time away especially valuable. When I take time to relax, I like to get far from my everyday life, immerse myself in natural beauty, and have unique experiences. But you don't have to leave the U.S. to experience tropical rainforests and islands filled with adventure, warm culture, and national treasures. Visit Puerto Rico, an island with a vibrant spirit that will sweep you away. Because when you visit, you don't become part of the island. It becomes part of you. In Puerto Rico, you can forget where you came from and embrace where you are. Puerto Rico, where visits end, but stories last forever. No passport required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.